Hey, what's up, guys? It's uh, Mahesh and Priyank with the Pantherholic podcast. Um, so we kind of took a little bit of a hiatus, but we're back, and there is a lot of news um, since we last recorded our last podcast. So um, we're just going to kind of jump into it, but um, got a lot of juicy details. Uh, so first of all, we have a new uh, general manager. His name is Scott Fitterer. Um, we interviewed about 15 uh, people for the job, um, but Scott Fitterer ended up being up or being our guy. Um, we interviewed him. Uh, we, we gave him like an invite for a Zoom interview. Um, he was like one of our last uh, candidates, um, but he was almost like immediately offered a, an in-person interview after um, that Zoom interview. He came to Charlotte. He got offered the job um, a day after, I believe, his uh, in-person interview and then accepted it uh, a day after. So it's kind of a wild ride uh, for in the Scott Fitterer universe. Um, so just Priyank, so uh, general thoughts about um, this move to pick up Scott Fitterer as uh, GM? So honestly, at first, I did not know who this guy was. I had to do some research. And I saw that he'd been with the Seahawks for almost 20 years now. He started there in 2001. And, I mean, to be with a great organization like Seattle, who's been steady in success these last 20 years, it's a great step for us to get someone like that from a, such a good organization. And uh, he's been a scout um, in the college ranks for Seattle. And he's honestly had some great, deep um, – uh, great draft picks in the deep round. Um, for example, he had KJRI in the fourth, Richard Sherman in the fifth, Malcolm Smith, who was Subo MVP in the seventh, Bobby Wagner in the second, and then he picked up Russell Wilson in third. So, I mean, he definitely knows how to scout personnel in the college ranks and can definitely get the guy he wants late in the, in the draft. Right. And, um, I guess like with like his great picks, there's also like his bad picks, like with uh, Christine Michael in uh, the second, Paul Richardson in the second, LJ Collier, Collier, yeah, I think it's Collier in the second, Richard Penny in the first, and Malik McDowell in the second. I think that it's I I I guess it's like really hard to kind of tell like you know how a GM will actually be at a spot it's kind of like different from like you know like a player because you can actually see like film and stuff like that um and you can kind of project like how the person will fit into that but it's kind of hard to, to tell the success of a gm um purely based off the picks i think that fitter was a director of player personnel or he was like a yeah I, I think, yeah something he, like that and he was like in charge of scouting in the college uh, ranks too yeah, I think Schneider was the um, – yeah, he was yeah. the pro guy. So he, he definitely knows how to scout in those late rounds. Um, and I, I think that they've been making – they've made a lot of aggressive moves. I don't know if this is completely on Fitterer or not, but um, I know that the move for Jamal Adams was, was like, pretty – I mean, that was, like – it could be, like, a bad move just kind of, like, depending on like how you look at it, but um, he, they were at least aggressive and they got their guy that they wanted or a, a person that they knew um, that would help them out. I mean, they ended up going to the playoffs uh, anyway. So um, 
I guess they got to that goal. Um, but, and then, uh, yeah. And then one thing I saw this morning on uh, Good Morning Football was when Ian Rapport was talking, he said that um, the Seahawks are always in, involved or, like, gave a call at least in every trade that happened in the last, like, what, five, ten years. And I like the aggressiveness that Scott Furter had during these trades. Like, at least do your due diligence and give – the team a call if they're willing to trade somebody. So, like, you never know what can happen if you just give them a call. And I like the aggressiveness by him. I hope he brings that same motto to Carolina. Yeah, and um, today, um, this kind of, like, leads into my next point. But um, so today, which is uh, January 22nd, um, t- we had a, a press conference, or an intro press conference with uh, – with, Tepper and uh, Scott Fitterer and Tepper was kind of, he kind of said like he picked Fitterer because he was aggressive. He knew who he wanted. Um, And I guess that kind of Tepper and um, rule were both in that, um, in that decision-making process, they were kind of like deciding between like all the different um, GMs that were on the like docket, like Adam Peters and stuff. But um I, I think that they kind of decided on um, – and, and I think Tepper kind of like hit on this in his press conference or like in the beginning uh, that that Fitterer is the mix of – he's kind of a mix of an analytics guy and a scout, which kind of like uh, meets both needs for Tepper and Rule. And just kind of like what else Tepper was saying today, he was kind of being – um, he was talking about how, you know, those teams – he was kind of taking a shot at Teddy Bridgewater um, oh, yeah. if you uh, kind of read into it a little bit. But he was talking about how, you know, Seattle has this winning quarterback who will do what they need uh, to win. And he was talking about these other, like, playoff teams that, you know, have, like, elite and uh, legitimate quarterbacks that will – elevate their team to the next level and you know pro- like get them a ring and um i believe it was david newton out of all people who um which is funny because priyank and i kind of hate him but yep. uh david newton of all people kind of probed fitterer about because fitterer asked like people not to like mention players by names and stuff but um when asking questions but he kind of are like David Newton kind of probed him about the Deshaun Watson stuff. And he said, Hey, look, we need a QB who can, um, you know, who can win us games. But he said that he needs to evaluate the talent in Carolina before he can figure out like, you know, what, what's the best moves uh, for the organization. So that's something I really like, but he also mentioned he isn't afraid, like kind of like what Priyank said earlier, that he isn't afraid. He isn't afraid of um, making those trades to make the team better, and that's. And I honestly believe that's something that we really need because I feel like we've been yep. really, really conservative, especially with uh, Ron Rivera, at least. Um, and we've been, we've been. That shows in our play. That shows in our scouting. That shows in like our picks and also our free agency trade or like how we go about free agency as well. So I think that that's a really good perspective to bring into the um, organization 
Um, so Scott Fitterer is, I think, is that um, boost that this organization really needs. And I was talking to Priyanka about this earlier, but um, there's also the possibility that uh, Dan Morgan, who is the director of player personnel um, for the Bills and is currently in the playoffs right now, has a chance of joining uh, Scott Fitterer in uh, Carolina because not only does he have that connection with Carolina as a former linebacker, but Dan Morgan and Scott Fitterer are also uh, very close with one another. So he could possibly take up an assistant GM role um, here in Carolina. So that's something to look out for in the very new f- near future. Um, and then one little point uh, about Fitterer before, or just kind of like connected to Fitterer news, but um we got this tweet saying the first uh, Seattle to Carolina player connection, the Panthers are hosting former Seahawks tight end slash defensive end, Steven Sullivan for a visit. New GM Scott Fitterer knows him. uh, And uh, after he was picked in the seventh round uh, last year. So that's definitely, I think this is our first free agent technically. I don't know if he's still under contract or like what's kind of going on with that, but um this is kind of our first uh, G like first free agent coming in and uh, checking out the place. And I'm assuming that's because Scott Fitterer made the move. Um, Steven Sullivan was a tight end for, uh, for those who don't know, he was the tight end for LSU um, in that championship team. Uh, he was also there with, um, Oh shoot. I forgot the name of um, Thaddeus Moss. He was yep. the, I, he was the other tight end to Thaddeus Moss. So he also has a connection with Joe Brady Joe Brady, and, yep. and also just kind of a little bit like a quick tidbit of Joe Brady news. Um, Joe Brady, I, I believe that he's going to come back to the Panthers um, just kind of like what I've seen from like league sources, what league sources are saying. Um, it seems like most of the spots are filled up unless Houston, I think Houston interviewed him as well, but Houston's the only team that's really, looking for a head coach and I don't think that uh, Joe Brady is going to um, get that job. I feel like they might make a stab at Eric Bieniemy, and there's also talks about Josh McCown of all people. Very interesting. Yeah. I think that at that point, if you're, if you're trying to get Josh McCown at like head coach, then you definitely are trying to like just kick out Deshaun Watson or just like throw up like the middle finger at Deshaun Watson or something like that. Yeah. I, yeah, there's something seriously messed up going on in Houston, I swear, (laughs) (laughs) but maybe that works out best for us, but we're going to get into that uh, later. But um, just kind of like speaking of like draft needs and kind of just scouting what uh, was fitter was best at, um, Priyan, can you kind of like talk to us about like these uh, needs that the Panthers um, have and kind of like the position that we're in because we're in the off season now and we're kind of going to, after the Super Bowl, we're going to start rolling into like the NFL draft and we also have the senior bowl in about seven days. So there's a lot of stuff going on. So just kind of like walk us through um, what, you know, what to look out for in terms of like just prospects. Yeah, so, I mean, I think our four biggest needs are kind of obvious. It's linebacker, cornerback, O-line, and tight end. And um, a linebacker, we 
we have been talking about Jermaine Carter, and he played pretty well at the end of the season. So, I mean, oh, yeah. we could, could keep him and develop him, and hopefully under Luke Keekley he becomes a monster. But, I mean, if, if we decide to keep Carter and still sign a, like a vet kind of guy, um, Patrick Anawasar from the Jets is out there, and so is Malcolm Smith, the former Super Bowl MVP, and who Fritter knows pretty well. So those two I could see getting a little cheap deal for us and just, just having a bet in there for a linebacker core next is Shaq and Carter. And then wait, cornerback. Wait, you know, oh, okay. Uh, so, never mind. I thought, I thought you were getting into um, – I thought you were talking about cornerback for a second. <laughs> no, no. All right. So um, our next need kind of is cornerback. And there's not a huge market out there for cornerback. Mike Hilton and Quinn Dunbar were the two that st- um, stood out to me. Mike Hilton's played pretty well in, in Pittsburgh and Quinn Dunbar just because of that connection that he has in Seattle. And he, he's played pretty well this season. Both are projected around $8 million this upcoming uh, free agency. With us being in around $8 million in cap, um, they would have to be a bit of a pay cut there. And there is a potential for us to get higher uh, – Cap if we cut K1 short it would save us about I think 11 to 12 million dollars so hopefully we can either trade him or cut him because I mean the last few years he hasn't played much due to injury and he's getting kind of old now wait what so, I mean, you don't want corn what about corn elder dude there's corn, corn elder. elder Rasul Douglas you know the freaking like burnt toast uh cornerbacks you don't want I mean, to keep them in Carolina all, all I have to show you for Rasul Douglas is those two plays versus Denver against KJ Hamler, who absolutely just blew by him for both touchdowns. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I guess I guess we shouldn't keep them, but you know, just you might miss a little bit, miss it a little bit, just like seeing one of our corners get absolutely dusted. I mean, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind re-signing honestly Rasul Douglas. Put him in. I, yeah, him I, like I, I was just contract. Gonna... Yeah, I, I was just kind of like clowning him, but like he's actually been like he's, I he's think been he's decent. been like all right. Yeah, he's been decent, but like I wouldn't mind re-signing him and then either I mean if we re-sign him, I say we go draft a, a corner in the fourth, fifth round, hope, yeah. hope one of them develop. But I mean yeah. I wouldn't mind re-signing them and because I mean these the cornerback classes in the free agency is not that great. So right, right. And then um, third. Probably maybe the biggest need for us in the offseason is O-line. I mean, with not much cap and not any um, good, good cheap um, O-line out there, I say we got to re-sign Moten. Give him whatever he wants. I mean, he clearly only allowed, like, what, two or three sacks last year all year at right tackle. We got to re-sign Moten, I think, for the future. And then, honestly, just go into the draft and draft two or three O-line plug them in, hope they develop well. Yeah, I like I like for the O line, I feel like we don't have enough money, like especially with the free agents out there, we don't have enough money to sign all those people because they're just asking for like ridiculous amounts of money for like O line. But there are like some this this O line class is pretty deep with um the draft. Oh, um yeah. I just some names that could pop up in the second round. Um, Alex Leatherwood, Deontay uh, Brown. I think Leatherwood is a tackle and Brown is a guard. So those, I, I think we need a tackle or I, honestly, anybody, just anybody on the O-line. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe honestly, both. Honestly, we should just get the Alabama O-line, just put it and then just kind of like insert them 
oh, into yeah. our O line because that that O line for Alabama is just absolutely like those guys are like absolute units. They're not actual people. I mean, yeah, that's true. Also, we got to think about uh, Notre Dame, who's online university out there with uh, Liam Leinberger, I think his name is in the second yeah, round. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, he looks like a stud, and he went against good talent out there in the, in the ACC play. So, I mean, there's de- definitely a deep class of O-line, and, I mean, I say second round, third round, goal O-line, because clearly that was a big, big need in the offseason this year. Yeah. And then um, tight end, we have – I know Manhurts is a free agent this year, so we have Ian Thomas left on the, the depth chart. And two cheaper tight ends are John o. Smith and Gerald Everett, both who played exceptionally well this year, who won they were healthy – and both around, I mean, their projected value, market value is around $7 million. And, I mean, uh, hopefully we can snag one of them for a little cheaper, give them a long-term contract because they're both pretty young. Give them a full five-year contract, about, what, five six million $6 million a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, I think those two would be great in our system, especially John o. Smith, who comes from a rent-heavy system in Tennessee and was great for, for them while, while he was healthy. He was just a stud for them. Yeah, I, I was actually looking at the tight end um, depth chart for Carolina. I was like, oh, my God, we have bums at, like, tight end. Because Ian Thomas, I feel like coming in, he had a lot of expectations. Like, he was kind of behind Greg Olson. We thought that we could, you know, teach him to Did be, like, that predecessor or that um, success, like, the successor to um, Greg Olson after we cut – I think we cut him, right? Yeah, I think we cut Greg Olson. He went to Seattle, of course. Yeah, so it it would be good to get a a tight end from um, from free agency, and I think that's probably the most feasible choice. Um, I know that Hunter Henry is out there, but he's way too expensive for us. Um, there is I'd one, rather get. I was just saying, there's just one one sleeper out there um, who who is pretty cheap. He's projected about two to four million. Um, Tyler Croft out of Buffalo, who's shown some some promise behind Dawson Knox. I mean, he's pretty young, too. I think he's, like, 20 – or he's 29. He's not pretty young, but he's – I mean, I think we could use him. He'd be pretty decent for us. Yeah, and I, I think that it's either you go free agency or you go to the draft where I, I think that you have, like, the Miami um, tight end who's been – who's actually been yeah. projected to – who is it? Uh, I forgot his name, but I mean, he's projected a second round. Yeah, I I don't I saw second and third round. I mean, obviously Kyle Pitts is there, but we're we're most oh, yeah. likely not going to draft him. I mean, unless there's something like something happens uh, with the draft where we like you know we're just like trade screw back. it. Let's just get like a yeah like there's a trade or something like that where we're just kind of like screw it. We're just going to get a tight end. And yeah, that, um, that so, Miami uh, tight end was uh, Brevin Jordan. Brevin Jordan, yeah, that's yeah. the name. Brevin Jordan is really good. Um, Kyle, I think Brevin Jordan is probably like the next best tight yeah, end yeah. there. I think he's ranked second in tight end class right now. Yeah, and there's like a few others out there that are like all right, but um, again, you're taking you're kind of just taking a chance on like a college. You're, you're and you're using a draft pick as well on these tight ends that you don't know will be good when you have like you know tight ends in free agency when you kind of like know their game and how they performed in the NFL. But I'm, yeah. I'm a big uh, Gerald Everett fan. I think that we could um, we could definitely use him. But, uh, yeah, definitely they're going to – if 
for especially for the O line at least, they're going to need a lot of um, scout. They need to scout the hell out of um, the O line out there. And if they want to get a tight end, they got to scout the hell out of the tight ends too. So yeah. that kind of like leads me into um, our next part. But uh, the Senior Bowl is we both us. Uh, the Panthers and Miami are taking part in the senior bowl. So we actually have, I don't know if um, Matt rules in mobile Alabama right now, or if they're, I think they're going this weekend, but um, since ever since the draft combine got canceled or they they're doing it like really weird, I guess they're doing like multiple pro days for these top prospects in um they're like their respective colleges. We kind of have this huge advantage um, as like, I guess us in the pan or us in the dolphins have a, like a really, really huge advantage this year due to coronavirus. And it's really, this is going to be a really important um, senior bowl for us in terms of just evaluating uh, talent. And this is, this is where Scott Fritterer, comes in and where he needs to show his scouting potential for like later rounds, because um, there, there is a lot of talent in this draft that we could, especially in the, our areas of need as well. So Fitterer will be in, um, he will be with the staff um, in Mobile as well to evaluate that talent along with our scouts. Um, I'm just kind of like looking over the names, but um just kind of like one notable name that we, that uh, Matt rule kind of just said like, Hey, we noticed this dude from the pro bowl or from the senior bowl uh, this past year was Jeremy chin. He was like, he was the re like him going to the uh, senior bowl was the reason why we drafted him. Or it was like a huge, huge reason why we drafted him in the first place. So um, with that being said, here are some just like notable names that um, I'm just kind of like reading off the site, but um, Cornell Powell from wide receiver from Clemson, Amari Rogers, who's also another wide receiver from Clemson, um, Trevon Grimes and Kadarius Tony, who are both wide receivers for Florida. So there, and also I believe Shai Smith, who's the wide receiver for South Carolina is also part of our team. So we're going to be closely evaluating these guys um, in the senior bowl. Um, and just some like really uh, big names that, uh, that I kind of mentioned uh, earlier, Alex Leatherwood and Deontay Brown, both really, really good O-linemen are on our team, our O-line for our team in the senior bowl, as well as Quincy Roche, who at some point had, um, high uh draft he was kind of like up there in like the first round at in some mock drafts like early mock drafts but now I guess he's I I believe that he's kind of in that second to third round but I believe that edge rusher is also a um area of need for the Panthers um just to kind of like provide depth for Gross Matos and for um Brian Burns because it's actually harder um, to uh, get like a really good uh, edge than it is to find like talent at any other position other than like maybe like a tackle or something. But um, yeah, again, the senior bowl is really huge in 
kind of just evaluating talent and especially with like the COVID pandemic um, knocking out the draft camp combine and making it harder for scouts to like, you know, look at um, other college or they have to individually look at um, like senior pro or like the pro days or the, yeah, the pro days that colleges hold. Um, It's going to be a lot harder to evaluate like, you know, other talent from like, you know, maybe not so like P5 schools. So I, I think that this is like really, really huge for the Panthers. And it just became even more huge since um, the draft combine was canceled. Um, any thoughts about this pre like kind of like your thoughts about like what or who we should be like focusing on the hardest in the senior bowl, like anything like that? Yeah, so I mean, I, I think this is a great advantage for us. And I love that we're selected to be the coaching staff for one of the teams. And um, going to offseason, Curtis Samuel is also a free agent. And I'm expecting him to offer to demand decent money that we're not going to afford. So people like Powell and Amari Rogers are very interesting candidates to replace him because I, I love Kadarius Tony and I just believe that he would be gone in the second round. And I don't think we should take a receiver in the second round. So I see. Um, Powell and Rogers as a, maybe a third or fourth round prospect, and would just I think that'd be a perfect fit for us to have on the outside. Powell, I mean, you sh- you saw in the game versus uh, Ohio the, State, Ohio State, yeah, yeah, yeah. You saw how how effective he was against Sean Wade, who's a top corner in the in the draft, and Amari Rogers, who's just shown the last two years he can he can catch that ball, he can run with it. He's a do it all receiver. And, um, I mean, those two come to mind. Then Leatherwood and Brown in the second round really, are really intriguing. I'm hoping that Leatherwood can fall to us in the second round. We do have a pretty decent high second-round pick at the eighth in the second round. Hopefully um, he falls to us because he also showed in that in that championship game and in that uh, just throughout the whole season how effective he is and how good he is. And, I mean, you can't go wrong with the Bama offensive linemen just look what they produced the last couple years yeah I I honestly don't think these like Bama offensive linemen or defensive linemen are like actual people like I'm pretty sure like these people like they're like test to like they're literally made in a lab like I don't think these people are like normal yeah Deontay Brown is what 6'6 360 pounds like god damn like he like this dude is built like a brick wall like I, I I don't know what else to say about him like I've seen I've seen uh film on him and I'm like please for the love of God just let him fall to like the third or fourth round and <laughs> I think honestly, us... I think there's a good chance he does fall to a third or fourth round because I mean his in a lot of mocks I've seen he he's available in the third and late third I think he will go in the third round I think if you want to take a shot on him he's he has a lot of raw talent that we can develop hopefully. Yeah, and I mean, Lord knows how much like you know offensive line we need for oh yeah our quarterback. So yeah, but speaking of quarterback, our uh, la- kind of our last part about this, which kind of has had Panthers Twitter um, uh, buzzing for the past like how long has it been? It's been like weeks now right ever since yep. we kind of like yep. i feel like we kind of spoke this into existence in a sense like we honestly I, like there weren't any deshaun watson rumors um until uh we started we we literally just started randomly talking about it like hey what if deshaun watson just came back home 
and um, played for the Panthers. And then there were all these pictures online about Deshaun Watson and Cam Newton being together and um, Deshaun Watson, like ripping open his like Clemson uniform. And then it's like a Carolina uniform, but um, yeah. And there are like so many edits. I mean, obviously there are other teams, but um, it kind of like came from like a little bit, like some rumors to having like some rumors on Twitter and uh, fans like making edits to kind of like a lot of rumors popping up right now from like league sources um, of Carolina um, pursuing Watson. And I think that kind of like, I think that Carolina um, might consider pursuing Watson just because uh, Fitter kind of like, kind of like what Fitter said in his press conference that, he will make those aggressive moves to uh, win, obviously. And he's done that. They've done that. uh, Seattle has done that with um, Jamal Adams and they've done it with like a few other players as well that can't, that I don't have like in my mind right now, but um, there are also league sources that say that uh, Deshaun Watson would love to come back home. And his, he actually has family in Rock Hill, South Carolina, and he also has family in Georgia. Um, I don't know which part, but it's about like a few hours from Charlotte. Yeah, it's um, like two, three hours. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's pretty close to Charlotte. So, yeah. you you know, he I'll, there are a lot of rumors about him going to the Jets. And let me just say something. The Jets are a dumpster fire. Even if they have Robert Saleh, 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 Salah, Robert Saleh, like they're still a dumpster fire. That still needs to figure their stuff out. They they still don't even know if they want to keep Sam Darnold or not. So they're they're a dumpster fire in its own. Miami is kind of interesting because they they do have the assets that um, Deshaun Watson or to trade for Deshaun Watson. And I know that that would make the, um, that would make the franchise or the Texans happy, but I don't know if Deshaun Watson wants to go to Miami or not. Um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, Miami, that Miami temperature and what is it being year long, like at least 60 degrees and all that yeah. stuff, like having that nice Miami uh, culture and that temperature and everything like that. But um I think there's a real chance that Deshaun Watson could actually um, come to the Panthers. And I think that there's, that's kind of happening, but like behind the scenes, like a lot of people, a lot of people on Twitter or just like in general are kind of like counting out the Panthers. But um, I think that he has the best um, opportunity in Carolina with the weapons that we have Uh, granted that we don't, you know, Granted that we keep like most of our weapons, uh, minus Curtis Samuel, who's most likely going to walk. But um, yeah, it, you, Priyank, do you want to kind of like, uh, what what are your thoughts on like trading for Deshaun? Like, do you feel like the like this is a good idea, or should we stick with Teddy, go to the draft? Like, how okay, do you feel so about this? I I love the idea, of Watson. And then one thing I do want to add is um, Ian Rappaport, who often. I haven't liked as much, but two years ago, or not past year, but year before that, when whole Cam Newton saga was happening, he reported what week, I think 12 or 13, that the Panthers didn't have Cam Newton in the future. And he kept reporting over and over, even that that the whole organization denied it 
Um, but in the end, who was right? Ian Rapport. And then the last couple of days, he keeps Ian Rapport keeps coming on Good Morning Football and keeps saying the dark horse is Carolina Panthers. He's like David Tepper is going to be aggressive with Fritter to go after a franchise quarterback like Watson. So I mean, if Ian Rapport is saying that, he definitely has some inside information that we don't know because he he has been often right about what Carolina has been doing the last couple of years. And honestly, Washington to Carolina, I would I would die for that. That would be, I think, the perfect match for us. We would solve our quarterback issue for 10 to 15 years, probably 15 years down the line. He's, what, he's like 24, 25. Yeah, 25, yeah. Yeah, and then as long as we can draft some O-line or sign some free agents, I think we are set up good for the future. The one thing that does scare me is the Dolphins because they do have two at offer. They do have that third overall pick. They do have a bright future down there in Miami with that defense, but that offense has been struggling the last couple of years. Like, yeah. other than Devontae Parker, they don't have many weapons. Mike Gusecki's on and off. The O line is is young. It's not. It's not. It didn't play that well during the end of the year. And I mean, I think the weapons that this Carolina has is just it's a better situation. And he's closer home, so like I I would assume he would want to play. At, in Carolina over Miami, but never do you think now. do you think Miami gives up to gives up on Tua that quick? I feel like a lot of the fans have, but I don't know about the actual I mean, like coach. If I'm being completely honest, if I'm the Miami Miami Dolphins and Houston comes to me and says, "Give me the third pick, give me Tua, give me another first round pick," I'm taking that deal. Like Tua, he didn't he didn't show like I know he was not supposed to play this year. And the system wasn't great for him this year with no weapons around him. But it's Deshaun Watson. He's he produced with no weapons before. Like this year, when after Wolfville got hurt, he produced with uh, injured Brandon Cooks and I don't know who else was on that team. And he still what, had four thousand yards, like thirty six touchdowns and low interceptions. And yeah. has one, he has one of the he has the highest completion percentage as for a quarterback at sixty eight percent. So I mean. I would I would take that shot if I'm if I'm Miami I'm trading Tua. Yeah, I mean I I guess I mean I, we're also kind of in that same boat too. We're like you know what screw it just sell the whole farm. Um, if you guys just if you guys are just kind of like sitting at home and thinking well yeah so what there's like always like these sort of rumors floating around the um, league uh, just kind of like to throw some gas on the on that Deshaun flame. Uh, there's this tweet by Jeremy Fowler from ESPN. He says that Car- the Carolina Panthers are expected to hire Sean Ryan as a quarterback's coach per source. Last with Detroit, Ryan will be the QB coach uh, for, or he has been the QB coach, I, I should say, for uh, Matt Stafford and Deshaun Watson for the last few years. He uh, reunites with Matt Rule as the two were in New York together with the Giants. And also... He's, I believe that he's uh, Deshaun Watson's personal QB trainer as well. And I think that the Panthers at this point, they're like slowly trying to make that full court push towards Deshaun Watson. And I, and I totally uh, agree with it. I think that um, Sean Ryan is a really good uh, QB coach. And um, especially with like notable guys that he's been working with, with um, uh, Matt Stafford, who's like a, pretty like you could arguably say he's like a top 10 quarterback quarterback. he's at least a top 10 quarterback in the league right now and also with Deshaun Watson and helping him like his mechanics and helping him like you know 
his decision making as well and helping him become like a elite quarterback in the league. And I feel like Deshaun Watson hasn't even met his potential yet. So imagine him coming back with his quarterbacks coach, somebody that he trusts. So it's interesting. There's one thing I want to add about the whole Miami thing. Um, I think Houston would have to have to like question if they want to, uh, based on what he did last year. Because you're basically putting him in the same system with no running back, no receiver, since I think Will Fuller is going to walk for Houston. And would you want Tua or would you want the eighth overall pick from Carolina? Because you would have to trade that first-round pick and throw in Teddy in there, who's a good – Who I mean, Teddy is a good bridge quarterback for them while they draft another quarterback like Wilson or Trey Lance and develop him. So, I mean, Houston, I think – I don't know if they would want Tua, but if they want Tua, they can, they can get Tua. But, I mean – if they want another quarterback that's in this draft, Carolina offers those picks for them. Yeah, and I think somebody called – somebody's just, like, joking on uh, Twitter, but they call him, like, the Samoan Teddy Bridgewater, so. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. So, I, I mean, I definitely – I think that I could see them trading with Miami because of the draft pick that they have, but I feel like they could equally go for the Panthers and get, like – they could probably get more value out of it rather than just like, you know, first rounder and Tua. They like, I, I see that. Um, I've seen that Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey's actually been kind of like the focal point of most of these trades, just because we're kind of like in cap. I, I don't think we're in cap hell yet, but we're, we're, we're kind of there. We only have like a few, like a few million, but we have to kind of like move. We have like, wiggle room with the cap that we do have so with that um our cap space this year isn't great yeah it's it's not amazing but um so this year's uh watson's cap hit would be 15.9 million so we only have to free up about 10 million ish to um to sign to have that trade accepted um but then after this year we have like 120 130 million back-to-back years so we have huge cap after this year and so a couple trades that i thought of were Teddy, CMC, and two first-round picks. I think Teddy gives them a good quarterback for now that they can um, potentially just keep for now and then draft a quarterback with those two first-round picks. CMC is arguably top running back in the league, but if we're going to get Watson, I say we, we send CMC. We can easily find a replaceable. In the draft, we have Mike, We can re-sign Mike Davis. He Mike Davis did an outstanding job in his – um, absence this year so I mean I think there's some good trades that we could offer for Houston for Watson yeah and I, I was telling you this earlier but um, I, I was like arguing with people on Twitter they were like why would you give up your franchise running back first of all there's no such thing as a franchise running back yep. you most of the successful teams that we have now like you see the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, the Patriots back when they had Tom Brady they do running back by committee they don't have like, you know, one power back. Like it, there are no, like we're kind of moving away. Like the game is kind of moving away from like having that bell cow back that does like, you know, that has like 40 or 50 carries per game. And, you know, not every running back can be like, you know, a whole offense. Like you have Chris, maybe Christian McCaffrey uh, last year, and then you have like Derrick Henry and that's probably about it. So you need to have more you need to have more uh running backs with different skill sets to uh, have a successful team kind of sort of like what the 
Patriots did with Sonny Michelle, James White, and um, oh god, I'm forgetting the Damian Harris. Yeah, Damian Harris, and also the Rice White. Uh, yeah, that's that's a dude. I was like the White running back. <laughs> and then honestly, I'll, I'll add one thing to that. Um, whenever someone says, "Why would you trade CMC or franchise running back to them?" I just tell them one thing: in the last 10, 15 years, what team has won the Super Bowl that has had a running back that's paid top dollar and been their best offensive weapon? You can't you can't tell me one team that has their running back as their best weapon that won the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I can't even I can't even think of it like from like the past Super Bowl or the past Super Bowls. Um, I can't even think of any because yeah, there's, I, there's not many. Them are like even the people who've made it to the Super Bowl, like you know, uh, the Chiefs, um, the Niners. Uh, they had running back committee. Yeah, the Niners, the Patriots, Eagles, the Falcons. Seahawks. I think the last time was like in the 80s, maybe, or in the 70s back then. I think that was probably the last time with with the Cowboys when they had Smith. Yeah, and there's also other uh, trades that people were proposing that we trade Brian Burns or DJ Moore. Um, I'm a little bit more skeptical about this one because I feel like there should be people that are like kind of like blocked off um, that are untradeable. I think Brian Burns is arguably the best player on this team or has yeah. the most upside, at least the probably our best player and most upside or most impactful player. How about that? Most impactful player with the most upside and Jeremy Chin, Derek Brown, DJ Moore. I feel like he's there. Like he's at the untradeable level because, you know, if you do all that just to bring Deshaun Watson, he's yeah, only no going to have like Robbie Anderson. Yeah. And CMC, and then that's it. Yeah, I agree but, with um, those four as untouchable. Yeah, but everybody else is, you know, there's they can be put on the line. Yep. Like Teddy Bridgewater, obviously, like I can see him going and then trading like two or three first-round picks or um, adding in Shaq Thompson or adding somebody, like somebody else. And I don't think that um, – I don't know how much leverage the Texans actually have in this trade because Deshaun could easily just say, I want to go to Carolina. And he does have that no trade clause. So he has to waive that for them to trade him. So he has all the leverage in this. Yeah. And I think that it would be that, that should be pretty interesting um, just as the weeks go by. But um, we're definitely going to keep our eyes on like, this just, this uh, Deshaun Watson uh, news. And he's also tweeting on Twitter, which like, you know, everybody's trying to like decipher it. it. Like they're like rap lyrics from like, he, he was uh, tweeting out rap lyrics. And then, um, you know, all these NFL analysts are like, what does it mean? What does it mean? And they're like actual, just like future lyrics. And people are like, Oh my God, he's going to get traded. That's more gas to fire. Yeah. And he's just been um, the stuff with Andre Johnson. Is it Andre Johnson? Yeah, I think I think that was the big the big news because Andre Johnson is a Texans legend, and for him to come out and say, "Stand your ground," if you want to be traded, get traded. Like that says something about the Houston Texans organization, who Andre who Andre Johnson played for his whole career. So I mean, I think that's the biggest news of anything. Yeah, Easterby is trash. Um, yep. Cal Cal McNair is trash. Um, that whole organization, I've been reading up on it. Um, I've been reading up like the SI articles and like everything else, like all the other news is kind of like going behind, like from behind the scenes that they're, they're kind of like trash, uh, 
like they have a trash front office and organization yeah. and this all kind of like stemmed from i guess this was the thing that broke like the straw that broke the turtle's back is um you know not this all kind of like came from not hiring or not even like interviewing eric b enemy that's honestly that was crazy to me like to not even interview one of the greatest offensive coaches right now in the nfl when you have one of the greatest quarterbacks right now in the nfl it's just baffling honestly and they didn't they didn't interview robert salah either yeah and i mean that was at deshaun's discretion i mean he said like hey I really like this guy. And I mean, I think Cal McNair said like, Hey, you can be part of these um, operations. Like, you know, you can have like a say in this and we'll take it into consideration. And they just kind of like straight up didn't even tell him that Nick Casario was going to be uh, the GM. And I think that there's like a lot of um, trust uh, issues with that organization and Deshaun now, which is kind of like irreparable at this point. And I think that, Deshaun is probably most likely going to get traded. I mean, I'd be surprised to see him um, come back unless, like, I mean, I feel like even Eric Bieniemy uh, being hired won't fix anything. Like, I, yeah. I genuinely feel like he's probably going to get traded, whether it's yeah. to us or somebody else. I think that – I personally think that he's going to leave. But um, any last-minute thoughts before we kind of end it here? Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, at this time, it's just when when are we going to wake up to that to that Adam bomb or that Ian Bombles? Deshaun Watson being traded. It's going to happen eventually. Yeah, like the Woj, the, the Woj equivalent to yep. football. Yeah, I, I can't wait for that to happen. I have his uh, notifications on now. So yep. we're definitely going to keep up with that news. But, yeah, Scott Fitterer is our new GM. We're, um, we're going to be talking about a little bit more uh, draft stuff as it approaches. We're going to talk about the Senior Bowl as well because uh, the Senior Bowl is happening, I believe, in about a week um it's about in seven seven days maybe i have to like look back on that but um that's going to be huge for us um and these deshaun watson rumors are they true will we get deshaun watson who knows (laughs) uh hopefully i it feels like a yes but we shall see but um that that's it for us um if priyank you don't have anything else then um that's that's all I got. Um, so keep pounding. Touching me, touching me.